All right, Jim. Let's get on to number two. And the two, biggest cause... solution is teach your kids because the Rockefellers that are worth hundreds of trillions of dollars, I, I suspect at least trillions, uh, and they're and they're cronies that are running this that that are at the top of the food chain. Okay, they own the BIS, right? The BIS is at the top of the org chart. They think in terms of generations, not decades. So think about our kids, my kids, your kids that have a, grew up with a cell phone, have always known a cell phone. Try to get them to go to a landline. Not happening. So yeah. when they roll out CBDC in a decade or so, it'll be largely voluntary. Voluntary. But our kids and our future grandkids, it won't be. So you have to educate the kids too. Exactly. Hey, Jim, one other thing before you get to number two, if you could, because uh, I covered this in the show and I want to make sure we got it right. So, BIS, Bank for International Settlements, is the bank for the central banks. And they were started in yep. 1930. And then you have the World Bank, which is like also an association of the banks, the central banks. And then you have um, the International Monetary yeah, Fund. Yeah, they were formed in 1944, coming out of the Bretton Woods Conference about a year before World War II actually ended. Um, so BIS, there is, I think, 65 or 68 central bank members, even though there's, what, 190-something central banks right now? Yeah, there's I think it's 65 bank, uh, central banks are owners of the, of the BIS. And we know in the U.S., I think there's 26 private banks that own the Federal Reserve, uh, but we don't know about other countries. So you know it's owned by private bankers uh, when you, yeah, again, this is the part of the 5% speculation because it's not written anywhere. You know the Rothschilds own a big chunk of this. You know the Rockefellers do. You know the Warburgs do. You know, um, uh, you know, some the, the Morgan family does. You know that all the big banking names. You know they own a piece of it. Well, because I think you mentioned to me, just so the audience knows, because this is where you get to the point when you're doing your own independent research where you hit sort of a brick wall and you can't pull the curtain back and see who the wizard is. People like Catherine Austin Fitz, uh, John Titus, others that you get information from, that you're a paid member on some of their uh, subscription-based services. Those are the type of people you follow who are researching this stuff all day. That happens to be their area of interest. When you go to the BIS or you go to, like you said, with the Federal Reserve, some of these you actually hit a brick wall where you can't get behind the curtain, right? Or you just can't find who actually yeah, physically owns Yeah, I cannot find who actually owns the BIS. Neither can John Titus, neither can Richard Verner or Catherine Austin Fitz. So we don't know. We have to speculate. I mean, it seems kind of uh, plausible, uh, highly plausible that J.P. Morgan family, Rockefeller, Rothschild, Warburg, all those big banking names own at least a portion of the BIS. Um, I personally suspect the Rockefellers are at the top of the food chain, but they're all in it together. Okay, and I think that's just important for the audience to know because that's uh, what I always find interesting. If I'm researching whatever, any particular topic uh, about a tech company or something and I'm trying to get behind uh, the curtain and I go, wait a second, I'm hitting a brick wall here. All right, now we got to a point where they're actually trying to hide something. Uh, the other thing, yep. just before you continue, I want to uh, just mention, earlier you were talking about the hand chips and the digital IDs and how all this comes together. And we covered that over a few episodes i had found this company consensus which is yeah. owned by a guy named joseph lubin who was co-founders 
of Ethereum with this guy named Vitalak Buterin, who was funded by Peter Thiel when he was developing Ethereum. And this company, Consensus, is a software company that specializes in building blockchain technology on top of the Ethereum protocol they're partnered in with several of the central banks they've met with bis i mean this is all documented stuff they met with the imf they met with the world bank and then they're working with all these so-called private sector partners like visa mastercard city uh td bank and they're they actually are involved with the bank for international settlements innovation hub Embridge project Mm -hmm. they were kind of in the running of this cbdc that almost got pushed through with the first covid land uh stimulus bill so it's interesting. I walked the audience through this because I showed them what's this company pushing? What are all their case studies? Digital IDs, blockchain to help smart cities, blockchain to help vaccine passport pushing, uh, CBDC. So when you see a company like this that's uh, connected to, say, a, a Peter Thiel, there's also CIA and QTEL money connected to them, Microsoft, SoftBank. You say to yourself, oh, look at, look at their... Uh, their suite of products they're offering, digital IDs, <laughs> vaccine passports, blockchain, CBDC. It's all the stuff that Jim just mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, when you find these big tech companies that are working with the big private sector money and the governments and the central banks, you go, well, look at all the key pieces of software and technology they're building. It has to do with exactly what Jim was just talking about. Yeah, that's, that's uh, and we're, Enbridge is one of the, if not two or three BIS documents that I sent you that we're going to go through. Oh yeah, it's a the Enbridge is interesting, and then I've yeah. heard Bo Lee, which you'll probably get into. Bo Lee, <laughs> managing director of the BIS, I've heard oh, him talk yeah. about. Oh yeah, you got to love it when they tell you what's really happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, number two here. On number your two. Common themes. When you go through these green documents, uh, we have to switch to regenerative farming because the big ag model is not working, but yet they never mentioned the 100 years of chemical poisoning by Monsanto and these other other groups, uh, obviously started with the Rockefellers again, um, but you know, that, that were poisoning the soil and, and all the food supply. No mention of that, but we have to suddenly, you know, they, they've suddenly have become benevolent and we have to switch to regenerative farming to improve our health Uh, (laughs) number three is along the same lines we have to protect the pollinators you know (laughs) even though you know the uh what the the beehives colony colony collapse syndrome or whatever uh there has been some scientific studies proving that it is the pesticides uh that are killing them but you know you don't hear that on the nightly news yeah, meanwhile, and, they're uh, G- GMOing mosquitoes and right. uh, modifying their right. DNA. And Bill Gates, obviously, one of the big like front puppet men involved with this industry as well. But yeah, I mean, it's just... Yeah, all the petrochemicals, all that crap, you know, that, yeah, that, that poison the planet. Yeah, no mention of that for the last hundred years. Exactly. Don't worry about like, what uh, we did. Just, just trust us. We have to switch to this model now. Right. And like you said, with Monsanto's and forcing all the small local farmers yeah. off their farms. I mean, it's that's what we talked about here over the last 20 episodes, or I call them economic terrorists, because they are terrorists. They yeah. go in and they go in and, they, and it all operates on the problem reaction solution loop. It, it always is. They create the problem and then they go, oh, big ag is not working. Wait, you created it. What are you talking about? This is your problem. That's right. And you'll see in these documents, uh, we have to act now. Time is running out. In fact, there's a UN document titled The Closing Window. 
Hurry up. <laughs> That's what they, they tell you in that document. Hurry the hell up. What's taking so long? Right. Uh -huh. and, and just and just so the audience knows, when you talk about that kind of a document, the closing window, who is the audience that that is written for? That's for all the people within the industry? Industry, uh, politicians, policymakers, governments. Yep. Right. So it's designed for all the people that have already been funneled into the, the various grifts that are working right. within these sectors. So they're, they're yep. pushing them, uh, and, and you'll go through, it's, but they're pushing them to try to advance this stuff. It's a memo from Tony Soprano. Get, <laughs> your, get your crap together. <laughs> That's great. Or else. <laughs> yeah. Um, they definitely talk about we got to go, we got to get corporations to push our social engineering stuff because it's too difficult to go through all the country's different legislation, legislative processes. And politicians change all the time; they get voted in and out. So, we have to do, get corporations to do our do the bidding for us. And the way uh, that they pull that off, Jim, you've mentioned it on the show before. But one of the ways they can do this with the ESGs and with um, you know the wokeness that people see in these companies is by going in with State Street and Vanguard and BlackRock and buying up a large. Uh, percentages of the shares in these companies and then yep. they get control of board seats and then they force all this stuff in. Yeah, that's starting to backfire a little bit already, which is good. Um, but yeah, they talked about the BIS and one of the documents talked about they got to get the asset managers like BlackRock and Vanguard to force their portfolio. I think the term they used was coerce uh, their portfolio <laughs> companies into adopting ESG. I think they literally did say that. Oh, that's nice that they use that because it's like with the CBDC being a system of inclusion, I told, I told the audience, but it's a system of coercion, not inclusion. I mean, they're going to include yeah. all of us for sure. They want everyone yeah. down to the last pygmy guy on some island somewhere with a chip in his hand. I mean, that is the ultimate goal if they can get it. But um, I said, it's not a system of inclusion, it's coercion. They're going to force you and threaten you into the system if you don't accept it. Um, now, right. one, uh, one other thing here with the corporations being pushed to affect change. I saw some of that coming out of when I was looking into CBDC and listening to the panel discussions. Uh, there was one in particular with World Economic Forum, and it had the guy who's the head of the Bank for France, who's also, I think he's chairman of the BIS. And then they had the guy who's the chairman of Credit Suisse, who was representing the so-called private sector commercial banks. And you could see that there. There was actually like wheeling and dealing going on on the stage where the head of the Bank of France and the chairman of BIS were talking to the head of Credit Suisse and he's going, you know, we will let you control all the personal accounts if you are willing to get on board with us and give us your infrastructure. So it's like you can see there's a horse trading going on right now where they're trying to utilize the existing uh, technological infrastructure, financial infrastructure to be able to advance CBDC faster in some areas. And that kind of plays into that as well, that they'll use the private sector so that they don't have to go uh, get all their puppets in line in Congress or Parliament, depending on where you live, to actually pass laws and, and uh, yeah, so, approve policies. I mean, look, this, this is just my personal opinion. I can't wrap my head around. Um, I think the biggest thing that the Rockefellers at all, Catherine Austin Fitz calls these people Mr. Global because we don't know exactly who it is. But we know basically it's a group. So Mr. Global. I can't wrap my head, or Mrs. Global. Um, I doubt it's females because, you know, females would care more about humanity than 
dudes. It's probably guys. <laughs> but anyways, just going on probability. Um, I can't wrap my head around, you know, you can't get a family business without infighting. You know, think about when somebody passes away, a grandmother, grandfather, there's always fighting within the family over the estate. It happens so often. How in the world are they going to get 192 countries to buy into this new technocratic system with the CBDC chip in their hand all at the same time? I, I, I can't wrap my head around that. I, I think they're going to go pretty far down the field, but I can't see them getting all the countries at once. So I do, I do think it'll backfire at least for uh, our generation, maybe our kids. But that's just my opinion, folks. I just can't figure that out. It doesn't make any sense that they can get everybody to agree. No, I, I do agree with you on that because, and that was the greatest. Uh, that was the greatest way to explain it. When the family member dies, and then all the family members are fighting. I mean, you've heard stories yeah. in the past, you know, where These are all uh, human beings still. There's nothing. Yeah. They're, they're not AI robots. They're all human beings. So how how are they going to all agree? Exactly. It's like you heard hear stories in the past, or when you're watching uh, some old National Geographic documentary on pyramids and they're like this pharaoh wanted a pyramid so he set it into motion now of course people died at 22 years old back then so i'm like so yeah. you're telling me there was like 812 pharaohs in succession that carried out the dream of the great 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 grandfather pharaoh to build that pyramid over 2000 years <laughs> like how is this possible how is this possible to get anyone to agree on anything yeah. let alone that and i think you're right yeah. this is why you had mentioned in the past shows here on episodes 80 and 88 about you know russia china united states i mean they may have all agreed in their own ways they want some form of central bank digital currency, but at the same time, they are vying for power uh, on who gets the largest seat at the table in controlling a system like this. No one in, in China is going to give up their power to allow this guy from the Bank for France to control the monetary system in China. Yeah, it's, I don't watch the news, right? But uh, I'm, I'm at my parents' house this week helping them move some stuff. And they watched the news and the news was on last night and they were interviewing somebody about TikTok and the dangers of TikTok. Uh, you know, it's Chinese. The Chinese could be spying on you through TikTok and all this stuff. And the, the reporter asked the question, literally, this is the literal question. I mean, don't have your jaw drops. It said, the, the reporter said, don't you think we should get the CEO of TikTok to tell the Chinese uh, government to get out of their business? <laughs> yeah what <laughs> should we tell this dumb can you be it's yeah. a communist country so yeah. i don't think tiktok has any power here no not Anyways. at all that well that well that's like someone floating the idea to say you know elon musk he, he's our savior now shouldn't we tell him to tell the u.s government to get out of his companies his companies were started by the ever. U.S. government. Elon Musk is a puppet of the U.S. government. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, I, I mean, look, this is, again, this is me personally. Um, I turned off the news several years ago. I don't watch any news from anybody anywhere. Uh, I don't read the news. I don't watch the news. I mean, I read articles, and then I go look up the reports, like I said earlier. I don't pay any attention to any journalist, and I don't pay any attention to any politician in D.C., and I, I read books, and I tell you, 
I personally feel uh, a lot clearer thinking in my mind. Uh, I personally feel like I've gained a lot of knowledge over the last couple of years that I've done this. And it certainly has freed up a lot of time and reduced a lot of stress. Uh, maybe that won't work for everybody. That's been my experience. Yeah, definitely. The only, the only time I ever look at the, and I don't watch, I don't even have cable, but the only time I ever really look at the news is if I'm trying to figure out what it is that <laughs> people like my father are talking about. I go, what is he talking about? Then I go look real quick. Oh, that's it. That's the story of the day. I see how they got oh, it. When, that, when they finished the TikTok report, of course, I pointed out the dumb question, but uh, I said, you know, uh, this was pointed out like two years ago. This isn't even news. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. So All right, let's got, go on. Uh, uh, number six. Yeah. So number six, um, there's no – so they talked about how the soil is now poisoned, even though they didn't admit to poisoning it. They talked about how the pollinators are dying off and they don't admit to killing them. But – they never, ever mentioned in any of these documents about the problem of single-use plastics and all the plastic floating in the ocean. They left that problem out of all these documents. Hmm. Which is crazy because that used to be one that they used yeah. in all the propaganda over the years to push the climate hustle where they'd show the uh, floating plastic islands out in the middle of the ocean or right. the dolphin who had a, a six-pack of beer, like the plastic uh, rings wrapped right. around its its nose, its snout. <laughs> yeah, like, like that used to be right. part of the well, commercials. And, and in episode 88, I think we had an article um, from about Coca-Cola and how many billions of single-use water bottles that they produce annually. And the CEO's like, yeah, we're not giving those up because people still want them. Yeah, it was something in the billions. It was in the billions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing's definitely clear in these documents. They need a lot of money. They need a lot more money, and they <laughs> they need it now. It's in, And they're asking for trillions a year. Trillions. Now, let me ask you this, Jim. Right now, just through the documents you've been looking at, because um, I was looking into how, where the BIS gets money and the World Bank and the IMF and all that stuff. Is it similar when you're going through these documents? Or, like, Is the climate industry, the hustle funded at the top through member dues and each country has to give up a piece of their GDP and stuff like that to fund this? Yep. And they want banks to fund stuff. Uh, of course, they don't talk about the banks, you know, the debts being then backstopped by the IMF or the BIS. Uh, they don't mention that, but they certainly want banks to start loaning for green bonds and blue bonds and all this climate hustle crap. Yep. Okay, uh, so it's the same, so same model then. Yeah, the and nature needs to be included in economic values. So they literally have all these these documents talking about how the oceans, the forests, they all, they all need to be a valued at some numeric value. And annually there's some economic value to that it needs to be added to the GDP of all these countries. Okay. Well, why, why do the trees in the forest at the, uh, at the park down the street need to be included in the GDP? Well, you got to go back to the, the end game, right? We, they want a carbon credit system, so they have to be able to value the carbon of every tree. Every One of the documents even mentioned they want to track every fish in the ocean. That's how crazy these idiots are. Yeah, it's nuts. I, I covered it on one of the shows here. I pulled up a few different government charts I found. And between 
state-owned, uh, state government-owned property and federal-owned government yeah. property. It's like the government owns over 50% of the like land 60, in the yeah, United States. Yeah, it's like 60%. States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they control all that. And then as far as tracking... You know, all the CO2, that goes back to the energy certificate from 1937 out of Technocracy Incorporated, which had to do with assigning, back then it was assigning an energy value to everything that was produced, manufactured, what people were consuming. So it's the same blueprint. It's just what I always tell people, the scary part about today is back 100 years ago. Yeah, back around 100 years ago, they were writing it on index cards. It was like a Dewey Decimal Card system. Virtually impossible. But then again, when the regular people like us didn't have access to the internet, you could probably pull something off like that because everyone trusted the index card back then. So today, though, now they can, like you said, they're putting up poles all over this highway in Texas. They can go and actually do this and tell you that they're tracking it all. Yep. Um, this is one I can't figure out. Climate change is a major risk to banking. I don't understand how, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, the temperature being one degree warmer affects the bank branch. I don't get it. Uh, (laughs) Because you, you just admitted it, Jim, because it's a branch and a branch is part of nature and therefore nature right. is affected by climate change. No, that's the same thing that I saw out of all the, you've, you've watched them, but the panels we reviewed here at BIS, WEF, IMF, that was the same thing. It's like climate change is one of the major reasons why they have to give CBDC to indigenous folks in Africa. And like, there's no explanation. You're like, what are they talking? What are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and so number ten, uh, in in many of these documents, it's no different than Fauci. Fauci, I am science. Fauci. They, they say the science is clear. The science is settled. In other words, don't you dare question us because we're right and you're wrong. The science is clear. I am science. All right. <laughs> If you don't believe me, yeah. I'll stuff you in the trunk of my car and hit you upside the head with a piece of pastrami. It's like 600 pound August and Karsten's the head of the BIS is science. Okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. I, yeah. I we want inclusion. We welcome everybody's opinion from corporations to policymakers. But I didn't see any mention of the public. Well, the science is clear. The science is settled. (laughs) There was one document I did find. It did say they were going to put it out for public comment for 60 days. But I couldn't find anywhere where the press release was was issued when that 60-day window started. (laughs) And then after the 60-day window was up, they're like, well, we're done. Dude, that's that's hilarious. That's like something your town council would have to do based on their no. charter from like 1712. It's like, right. oh, we have to post in the local newspaper a 60-day right. opportunity for people to stand up and say they don't want the new fountain in the town square to be power washed, you know? Like <laughs> You know what I didn't check? That's a good point. I didn't check the obits, like and the person that died was humanity. I didn't check that. Yeah, maybe that's where they announced exactly. it. I don't know. <laughs> we're the sixty-day window. Yeah, we're going to change the entire uh, financial system worldwide over to CBDC. You guys have twenty-one days to say whether or not you like this thing. <laughs> right, right. It's crazy. Uh, 
and lots of these documents say this no double counting of those carbon credits you don't get to say that you that you you created 200 carbon credits when you only created 100 based on our math and you can't use your math because our math is right we are science wait so no double counting carbon credits for no. um all of these tests that they're running on the on the the cbdc and everything they're all testing making sure that the carbon cutting coming from the tree in your backyard is not counted twice wow this is crazy yeah it's crazy it's crazy oh and they have to get 30 percent of the agricultural land and ocean fisheries into conservation by 2030 or the planet will burn up and, and i saw this this is when i first saw that belize blue bond that i talked about on one of the hot wires with mike i stumbled across that i never heard of these blue bonds i looked it up and they tell you exactly what it is and they talked about this 30 percent by 2030. Well, interestingly, the, if you go back, now you see that everywhere, kind of like those those smart poles and everything. Um, there's been several things coming out of the, the current administration. I could care less about using the name of the politician sitting in the White House anymore because it's, it's just a, a placeholder. Um, coming out of the current administration, there are stuff talking about 30% into conservation of the U.S. lands by 2030. And I remember saying to Maria Albanese offline, I wonder if there's anything about 50% by 2050. And I had never found it, except it is in one of these documents. I did find it. They wow. definitely want 50% by 2050. Because, you know, these, these dummies are not are not so secretive. They kind of give it away. So if they want 30% by 2030, and I know 2050 is the target date, I just kind of assumed they would want 50% by 2050. And sure enough, yeah. <laughs> That's one of those weird things. You have a hunch and then you look and it's there. Now, that yeah. means, okay, so if you take what you have written there, 30% uh, of agricultural land and ocean fisheries into conservation, that means what? They want to hijack and fully control, whether it's 30% well, it's by 20 it's not just that. It's not just that. There's a massive grift around this, okay, because in these documents, uh, you know, the only place I see that in the Western world is what the, the Biden administration, the current administration talked about recently. But the real push is in the Southern Hemisphere for the poorer countries because it's easy to pick on and muscle around. And we'll go through this and show how the debt trap works to get this. Yes. Like Belize was had, had a lot of debt. We talked about it, I think, on either 80 or I think it was 88, where they had so much debt and then they the IMF rescues them by saying we'll give you a massive haircut to the debt but you got to give up 30 percent of your ocean to conservation so then now it's in conservation that's controlled by the technocrats well okay now they they can have a natural asset company on the new york stock exchange come in and control that and ipo it and make a ton of money a ton of money and they can sell carbon credits every year because those the fishing populations are going up because they won't allow fishing so they can just create more carbon credits and they make a lot of the big banks make a lot of money off of it they don't just control it it's a wow. it's a grift to make a lot of money and and just like the federal reserve i mean not federal reserve, the federal uh prison system going private and ipo and those companies private companies in the late 80s early 90s then ipo'd on wall street how many of the politicians and policymakers are going to get shares in these natural asset companies 
So let me let me ask you. That's really interesting. So are you saying that let's say they take hold of this piece of uh, the ocean, this territory, right? They yep. draw their uh, string around it and they go, "This is our territory. You can't touch this." So then there's no fishing going on inside that territory. So They're very limited fishing. Very limited fishing, right? So this is where all the 3D printed fish and lab-grown fish and meats will come from because we won't have any real stuff. And then on top of it, these guys are going to make money off the fish by not actually fishing them. <laughs> yep. Wait till you see the numbers. The go back to number uh, eight. The nature needs to be included in economic values. I think they calculated that the nature economy is like 123 quadrillion dollars in value and that this stuff's going to be worth like several trillion dollars of annual revenue this is going to be great like you can own a forest and make money by not cutting the trees and turning them into timber but but just but you can't count it twice (laughs) why was i not born into a banking family this is terrible (laughs) these bankers are on another level I mean, it's just insane. This is why I started calling them economic terrorists uh, about 10, 15 episodes ago, because I showed that clip from the movie I mentioned to you, No Escape, with Owen Wilson and Pierce Brosnan, that that you just basically gave the script right there, where these guys go into these South American countries, into these poor Asian countries, and Africa and others, and they get them hooked on, hey, we're going to come and refine your water. We're going to come and build you an electrical grid. They don't care what they sell them, as long as they get whoever the puppet is they install as the president or dictator or prime minister right. there. And then, yeah, and then they go say they're going to build highways. They know that country can never afford it. They get them caught in a debt trap. And then, like you said, they go, oh, you got to give us your forest. Oh, you got to give us your oil. Oh, you got to give us your natural resources. Oh, you got to oh, give us your it ocean. It didn't work out. That that fancy business plan that we put together for you for that water project didn't work. Sorry. 